And all the saints said, amen. Thank you, Dave. For the vintage songs, that's what they call them. Uh, <laughs> uh, I appreciate that. We, um, we want to look at a passage of scripture that might be familiar to all. Matter of fact, it should be quite familiar to all. And um, in the course of our looking at it, it's my desire that God was, will really speak to our hearts. We're in the um, book of Luke. And in the book of Luke, we're going to be looking at the seventh chapter, Luke seventh chapter. We'll be doing a case study. I trust that as we do this case study, as we see this situation, um, that God will speak to our hearts concerning it. Let's bow in prayer. Father, leading God us in our time, great is your faithfulness. Thank you for those who are here. Help us, Lord, to go through the process of first, number one, listening. Then, Lord, to understand. Then correlated by the knowledge that you want us to, to really acquire from this. And then wisdom to properly apply it in our lives. Thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said. this down here okay the whole idea is broken and uh, see if I can get this going okay my little friend here okay we're this I thought that this would be speak for itself this woman it's, it's almost like uh, Alfred Hickok's movie. Beware of the obvious. When we talk, talk about broken, we, we think about this woman and she's crying and everything else. And we want to ana analyze this as we go through this morning. Oops, I'm sorry. So, as we look at this, we'll go through the storyline one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, whenever we ever see that word behold, I mean, look at this. Check this out. A woman of the city who was a sinner. You know, I, got, I thought that everybody sinned. You know? But a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, Bought, some, uh, bought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with oil. And standing behind, behind his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and, wet, uh, and wiped them with her hair with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and 
anointed them with oil. Now introduction, defining the term. Broken, lives that are fragmented, cracked, damaged, and ruined by the infestation of the domination of sin. And to live every day, to live every day on every level of life, bear none. Um, We live a broken and a broken world. Sin continues to devastate the lives of millions. Everyone born is uh, born with the spiritual DNA of sin stamped on their, their souls, and life goes on, enabling sin to grow. Clarifying our thoughts for this morning, every day we are given genuine opportunities to make a difference in broken lives, every day. Outline, there are four specific things we need to observe. Sorry, for, sorry about the four, he uses three. Uh, understand, apply it this morning. One, the invitation. Number two, what is it? The intruder. Number three, and number four, okay, the inquiry. Okay, so here we go. Number one, the invitation. The invitation as we look at it, It says, one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. Uh, that, that's interesting. Observation. Pharisees were broken and did not know it. Their sins had blinded them. Remember, Pharisees were enemies of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But he and, he and uh, the Pharisees invited him. Like a, a spider inviting a, a fly to, the, uh, to his, his little den, you know. They were willing to sit and eat in the presence of truth without being affected by it. The question on the table is, why would this rich Pharisee invite him for dinner? What's up? Why did you invite me for dinner? What do you have in mind here? One, curiosity, could be. Two, criticism. Three, comparisons. Four, challenge. Five, clarity. Six, confirmation. Sometimes you say, why do people invite you to dinner? Do, do they invite you because they love you? Or do they invite you because they have a question to ask? Why do you ask people for dinner in the first place? To dinner, uh, no, that's, that's that movie about guess who's coming to dinner. Why, why, why are you coming to dinner in the first place? The, a Pharisee inviting Jesus to dinner. And what I want you to learn in the whole process is, remember, I do, you watch. Jesus Christ said, I'll tell you what you do. He says, what I do, what I want you to do is just watch what I'm doing. Don't get bent out of shape. Just watch what I'm doing. Number two, the intruder. Verse 37 to 39. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, 
when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her, her head and kiss his feet and anoint them with ointment. I haven't read too many folks doing that to Jesus. She was known to be a sinner. She learned where Jesus was. She brought an alabaster box of ointment. She stood behind him at his feet. She wept continuously. She let her tears fall on his feet. She wiped him with her hair, ladies. <laughs> you think she would have brought a rag or something to wipe with her, but no, she wiped it with her hair. She kissed his feet. You know, they say, hey, somebody said, mm, but never. <laughs> I don't know you like that, okay? <laughs> she anointed his feet with ointment. There are two obvious things taking place that we should be aware of as we look at this lady. The first one is we are looking through the glass of ignorance. We are what? Whenever you are confronted with a broken person, you don't know what they've been through. So don't judge what they're doing when you don't know their history. You don't know what they've been. You don't know all of the things that they're confronted with. You don't know the struggle that they have gone. That there's some nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody, nobody knows. You know, some people say, boy, boy I really want to be like you. you. No, no, no. You don't know what I've been through to get to where I am. And there are a lot of broken people who are doing great things, but they had to go through all of this glass. And a lot of famous people, they'll tell you, we didn't start off famous. You don't know. And guess what? You really don't want to know. You just want to know about now. And as this woman walks into the room, they cared less about what she struggled with. Why did she come, become like that in the first place? She was somebody's child. She was somebody's cute baby. How did she become the sinner? What was she locked into day after day after day that when she heard about Jesus, she spent her money and bought an alabaster box and there she was going to buy it for Jesus so she can pour it on him? What motivated her? To do something like that. How dark was her past? And how gracious God is, he's not going to tell you. <laughs> Just like he won't tell your business. He won't tell you. He said, I'll tell you if you let me tell everybody about your business. No, no, that's okay. I'm not that nosy. Okay. <laughs> We're looking through the glass of ignorance. And so there are reactions because we don't know what she's been through. You know another thing? When people react like that? 
Another thing that caused people to react like that is that when they, quote, think they have made it, or they have a little something, something, they have a tendency to look down on other folks. It's a blindness. And you hear them talking about other peoples, uh, but you never hear them talking about themselves. We're observing through the glass of the mercies of God. This storyline opens and says, yes, you see a woman. I'm not going to tell you what her past is. But I want you to see a woman who was broken. And I want you to see what happens when a broken woman comes in the presence of a holy God. A broken woman who knows about this Jesus Christ. What would she do? What type of difference would it make in her life? Luke 7, 39. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, let's read it. He said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who's touching him, for she is a sinner. <laughs> Boy, there was a whole lot of private. There's a whole lot of private thinking going on. It's a good thing that Lord, the Lord does not put your thinking up on the wall, even while you're sitting here. It's amazing what our what goes through our mind. And God says, "No, no, 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 no. You don't know." And the Lord revealed the mind of this Pharisee. And, and, and notice the keep says in the word Pharisee, Pharisee. Pharisee. These are the guys who know the law. These are the guys who are good at what they do. These are the guys who are thorough. These are the guys who, who know their stuff. They quote, should know God. Here's, here's a guy, now understand the setting too. When it says that he came into the house, it was not a regular house. She didn't, she didn't break into the house, okay? Let's, let's understand this. It was like um, what their house was made of, uh, or how it was made then, is that it was kind of open. And usually people could come uh, in the open court area and see the meeting Jesus going on with the Pharisees. Then there's a, a little private place that uh, they have dinner. And so she walked up into the private place. So it's not like uh, it was just... Uh, a house where she just came on through the door or whatever the case may be. It wasn't set up like that. But she came in, she went further, and she walked right up where they were. And, of course, this was nauseating to this Pharisee. But he played it off. He kept his mouth shut and didn't say anything to the woman. But, he, but guess what? He attacked Jesus instead of the woman. What does that say about the man? Observation. Broken people have a tendency to see everything through broken lenses. The Pharisees saw the woman's condition and was not moved by her con continued and uncontrollable tears. The Pharisee assessment was by observing and judging Christ's response judging his ability to discern in the, uh, the identity of this woman. 
he was, he was looking at Jesus Christ. See, at this point, if you notice in, in Luke, they haven't become hostile with Jesus yet. They're trying to find out who is this guy that's causing all these people and getting all, all these crowds and with the, all of his teaching. So he, they, they haven't really become hostile with Jesus, but they're checking him out. They're checking him out, checking him out. And um, the Pharisee lacked a critical factor in his receiving Jesus in his house and how he assessed the woman who came up behind Jesus. What's that word? Love. Out of all that was said, with all of his learning, with all of the knowing of the law and everything else, one thing he didn't have was what? Love. He didn't see her through the eyes of love. There was no compassion. You can tell about the words. There was no compassion. He still labored her a sinner. And then attack Jesus, and if Jesus would have known. It's amazing. Love have a tendency to change your vocabulary when you look at people. Observation. What we think and say about an uh, out and out is about and say about an obvious situation will usually reflect where we are spiritually. What we listen to what people talk about. And they're telling you where they are spiritually. You hear a lot of negativism. You cannot be spiritual and negative at the same time. You can't have fresh water and salt water coming out at the same time. A person who speaks in love always look for the better of the person. It's quite obvious about the worst of the person. What are you looking at has the potential? Because love, look for potential. When God let people into your lives, they are wrecked. That's what they are. So you don't need to talk about it. It's, they know they are wrecked. You don't have to remind them. But when they come among believers and believers start treating them like a wreck, then where else can they go? She would have never gone into the Pharisee's house if Jesus wasn't there. She wouldn't have thought of going there. She knew what they thought. But she walked past their thoughts, their ignorance, their insensitivity, because there was one person there that she knew about. One person that knew her. One person that accepted where she was at that point and would not point a finger and not put her down. Enough to be inspired to buy an alabaster box to, to pour it on his feet to let her know, thank you. Thank you. The city may call, because understand, after she leaves that place, she still will be viewed as a sinner. There are some folks, even after you save, they still won't change their mind about you. They keep reminding you what you used to be. Three. The intervention. Now Jesus says, now, he says, watch this. No, no I do, you watch. And so, so Jesus steps into the picture, and he's silent at this whole, at this whole point. And notice how Jesus approached this highly sensitive situation. 
he told an abstract but an interactive story to, to the offended Pharisee. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say on. Whenever, I, I, love, I love how Jesus approached people, right? He, he get it so that you know, the, the screen is down so they, their fist is not up, you know? I mean, he, the way he approached folks is, you know, he gets it to the point where it's, 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 it's dialogue. And if, you will, if we want to learn from the, from the master, the master said, hey, when you're dealing with a difficult situation, your approach keeps conversation going. So he says, I have something to say to you. And so there's a natural response. Let's read. What does it say? Sir, say it, teacher. Now, 741, let's read it. A certain money lender and two debtors owe one 500 denarii and the other 50. He asked a question that would maintain a mutual agreement. First, he laid out the case. Then he said, now, I need to maintain this mutual agreement. So let me just kind of unfold this a little bit more. He's, he's wrapping them in. Ready? Here you go. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which one of them will love him more? Now he posed a question, you know. Simon answered, read it with me, the one, I suppose, for whom he counseled the large debt. And he said to him, you have judged right. Man, that was a good answer. Boy, you good. Oh, well, you had to all, you know, I'm a Pharisee. <laughs> I know my stuff, you know. Yeah, I, I thought I was pretty good myself, you know. I, wasn't that, that, that difficult? No. That's that what you had to say to me? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you and both of us agree about that whole case. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a person who owes a whole lot and a person who owes a little, the person who owes a whole lot, I would think that they'd be very grateful, and that's what happened there. That's, that's a good story, Jesus. We've got to, hey, we got to, you all right, man. Got a good little conversation going on here. Uh-oh, look out. He continued with the mutual agreement to make this case and to bring closure. When they could not pay, he counseled the debt of both of them, which is now with the, and he loved them all. And Simon said, the one, I suppose, whom he counseled the largest debt, and he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then observation, Jesus made another uh, comparison, a threefold comparison based on the subject of loving the most. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, you see this woman? I entered into your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped it with her hair. He goes on. You gave me no kiss. But from the time I came into, and she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil. But she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I say, tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. But who is forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, 
your sins are forgiven. He, he, now, here's what Jesus figured out. Jesus is saying this. Listen, he says, it is the custom when you invite me into your house, I'm coming out of a dirty street. I would think since you invited me to dinner that you would have washed my feet. But no, I, you just let me sit down. And then it's a custom that when you invite a person into your home, at least you greet them with a kiss. There was no type of greeting. Didn't wash my feet. Didn't give me a kiss. And then he goes on to say, when it comes down to oil, at least you anoint my head with oil. You did, you didn't even do that. Those are common courtesies, and you paid no attention. But this woman did it all. She got down, washed it with her tears, wiped it with her hair, used oil, kissed my feet. Which one do you think loved the most? Which one do you think is broken? The woman? Uh-oh. It's not the woman who's broken. She's been forgiven. Your sins. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. That's all she needed to hear. Didn't matter what other folks thought about her. Didn't matter from that point what people said about her. She was what? Forgiven. The most important thing for you to know in life is that regardless of what happens to you, this is a good day because you have been what? Forgiven. Regardless of what people say about you, you have been what? Forgiven. That's why when it says that um, this is a day that the Lord have made and I will rejoice in it because I have been what? Forgiven. It's a good day. Sun might not be shining. I might not be of the best of hell. But it's a good day today. <laughs> because the Lord had put a stamp on it. When the Lord put a stamp on your life. Praise God. This is a good day. Regardless of all the circumstances, you need to say in your soul, today is a good day. I will rejoice in it. Number four. That's why I couldn't stop on number three because the storyline is not over yet. You see, the, we have the invited person, but now we have the real broken people. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith have saved you. Go in peace. This narrative ends with two significant observations. One, broken people are blind and some, and some remain in this state by choice. The Pharisee and his, his guests miss a genuine opportunity. Two, 
God's grace and mercy will meet you where you are. And you will never be the same. You will never have to look back with guilt and regrets. When Jesus Christ went to that place, he knew there were two broken people. One came because Jesus forgave him were, was forgiven and teared with tears and alabaster box, etc., etc. And he said to her, you are forgiven. And those remember I said, sometimes it's not what a person says, it's what they don't say. Change will only come when we respond to his gentle and loving call. If the woman was here, she'll tell you, the best day in my life, the best day in my life was when I walked in, in, into that, that pit of haters and found my lover, Jesus Christ. I couldn't hold back the tears. I didn't apologize for the tears. Matter of fact, I didn't even speak to the Pharisees. I went to see Jesus. And seeing Jesus and meeting Jesus, what I bought to him, I poured on him. All I had, I, I expressed in every way I could how thankful I was, what he did to me, what he's doing for me. And then, although I didn't say a word, he turns to me. And says, your faith have made you whole. You are forgiven. How many times have, have God, not a, not a servant of God, God says verbally to you, you are forgiven of your sin. She joined the thief on the cross testimony. I didn't deserve it, but he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. It's amazing when, when God starts speaking to your heart. Broken people, I mean really broken people, eventually, through God's mercy, if he ever speaks to your heart, you'll hear him. My sheep hear my voice and they do what? They follow me and I give it to them what? Eternal life and they shall never perish. And it's my prayer at this moment, this morning, that we do some evaluation real quickly. Is it possible for believers to be broken. You see, now that's 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 for the sinner. <laughs> then why is it that the Lord talks so much to believers about being so worried and bent out of shape 
and casting all your cares upon me because on him because he cares for you. Why does you find find in why do you find in the in the letters that the Lord just keeps going over and over and over again with the saints? Why is it that some never could get out of this quagmire and never have the joy of the Lord? When it says rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice. Why aren't believers rejoicing in the Lord always? I'm not talking about walking around with a big banana uh, on your face all the time. Rejoicing is saying, Lord, I, I just thank you. This day is a rough day, but I still say you have this day and that's what I'm thankful for. Serity for me, and each one of you has some very unique type of serity for me. And being in this church, it wasn't this warm. It was 48 degrees. And coming in at 11 o'clock, I thought this thing be be solved. Got around to 2 o'clock, still not solved. I'm glad I carried some heavy clothes and what have you. We finally finished up about 11 o'clock at night. Finally found out what the heat was. Meanwhile, the struggle was, the real struggle was, I was going to give plan B, give the call and say morning worship is over or canceled because we can't have saints in this cold place. Meanwhile, praying and saying, Lord, give this man wisdom. He's trying everything, every trick in the book, and he, he's determined not to give up. Lord, give him insight. He went and traveled all over the city to try and find a part. And each time, since it was Memorial Day, uh, I mean, uh, the, uh, is it Memorial Day? Veterans Day, I'm sorry. Veterans Day, um, some of the stores uh, were, were closed. And it just, every time it was something that happened that closed on him. And uh, he couldn't get the part, this particular part. And he was apologizing and saying, I'll pass it, I'll keep trying, I'll keep trying, I'll keep trying. He said, why don't you go home, I'll, I'll call you at home. And I, I went home for about an hour or so, and then he, uh, he called about eight something. He said, I found it. I'm on the way. Through that whole time, the thing that I was checking out, I already checked out the condition. I knew the condition of the church. The thing that I had to check out was my attitude through the whole day. Did I stay with the mindset of prayer? Did I say, this is a good day? There was a lot of things that were going wrong. Number one, he was going to get in touch with me my cell phone. My cell phone was going down. It was down to 13%. My charger was at home. I learned a lot that day. It was a good day. Why? This is the day that the Lord has made. And I, what? Will rejoice in. I'll say this, and Don, sit, sit yourself down. You know, the Pharisee said, he said to the Pharisees, I came to your house. I came, this, today I came to you. And when I came to you, 
you didn't greet me with a kiss today. You didn't wash my feet. You didn't anoint my head. In our modern day vernacular, I came to you today. Did you, did you enter the day rejoicing? We talk about the reception of the Pharisee. My concern is not the Pharisees, it's today. How did you receive the day? What was your attitude? And what makes you different than the Pharisees? And does it make you happier? Or do you have peace? That's just for, that's for you to settle in your heart. But this is the day that the Lord had made in it. And it's based on your volition. I will rejoice in it. As we close today. I just want to pray for you. Just in case there's a sense of brokenness in your life. Father, I just want to thank you for the saints of God. Thank you for our time together. Thank you for today. Another day that you have made. And Lord, along with the day is the opportunity. We can talk, we can hear, we can see everything that, that can lend itself to praise in your holy name. May we not let it slip past talking about what happened yesterday and worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. Help us to rejoice today. Why? Because there's a point in our lives when we realize that Jesus Christ died for our sins. That you said to us, you are forgiven. Your faith have made you whole. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the dear saints, wherever we are at this point. May you be glorified through this whole process. We'll be careful to give you the praise and honor in Jesus' name. And all the saints said, Amen.